Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I'm blessed and grateful to be sitting with Travis Watts today. If you don't know Travis, uh, just get excited because he's a great guy. He's a high energy guy. And he's super knowledgeable uh, in the world of passive investing in real estate. So I think there's going to be a ton of wisdom from the show today. I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I know that I'm going to. And with all that said, I want to welcome you back to the show where you know, at the end of the day, it's our mission to identify and apply how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And as you know, you know, we're going to take it to another level. This is the show where we sit down for mind expanding conversations with influential authorities in real estate, as well as top experts in other industries and disciplines. And we will distill the mindset, the habits, the routine systems, tools, strategies, and so much more from an individual like Travis Watts, who is elevating to a life without limits, using real estate as that vehicle to get whatever he wants in his life, to have an outcome that he cares about. And that's what it's all about. That's what real estate is all about. That's what passive investing is all about. That's what active investing is all about. It's about creating something you know, on the back end of that. It's not just about the real estate. It's not just about the money. It's not just about all of those things, but it's about the lifestyle. It's about the life that you design through that. And it's about the fulfillment that you achieve through doing that. And so I'm excited to distill the wisdom from this individual. This is a master, excuse me, there's a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing, personal growth, other ventures, and most importantly, and ultimately in their lives. And if you appreciate what my team and I are doing, uh, we would certainly be grateful if you subscribe to the show uh, because we're coming out with two new shows every single week. You know, Tuesdays and Fridays, we're bringing the heat. And uh, also, you know, give us a, a subscribe, give us a rating, a review if you're so inclined. You know, it helps us grow the message. And also, we're super grateful because what we do is we give the show for free. I mean, this is all, you know, for free. This is something that we're contributing to the world. So if you're enjoying this and you're getting value, please take, you know, 15 seconds and uh, do that. It is super, super helpful for us. And it really, you know, it really supports me. And, and um, it's something that I also am just super grateful for. It makes me feel good at the end of the day. Uh, who doesn't like to feel good? Um, I like to get, a, get some feedback. So maybe that's just my quick ask. I also invite you to join us uh, on the Elevate Podcast community on Facebook. Look us up there. Uh, actually, if you visit our brand new website, elevatepod.com, you can learn more about that and all the different resources there. So go visit us on elevatepod.com, also on the Elevate uh, podcast community where you can engage further with other people, where you can build your network, where you can expand the discussion, you know, from this podcast and you can actually be a part of the tribe. So go and do that. And uh, with all that said, I want to introduce you to Travis Watts. Travis Watts is a full-time passive investor. He has been investing in real estate since 2009 in multifamily, single family and vacation rentals. Travis is also the Director of Investor Relations at Ashcroft Capital, which is one of the most prolific uh, you know, multifamily investment firms in, in the United States, led by Joe Fairless himself. And he de dedicates his time educating others who are looking to be more hands-off in real estate. So with all that said, enjoy this conversation with Travis Watts. Travis, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me. Excited to Absolutely. be here. 
No, my pleasure. And thank you for being here. Thank you for taking time. And I know that we're going to have a great conversation today. You know, one thing I, I, I love to do is really learn more about people, you know, because we all talk about our bios, right? We're all, especially in real estate, it's like, hey, here's all the things that I've done. And, and obviously appreciate you sharing sort of a brief, you know, explanation of who you are from a high level, but tell us a little bit more about yourself behind the bio. Yeah, sure. So, Man, you know, it, it dates back to childhood here, right? I was, I was born to two very frugal parents. And so money actually was a common topic in our household. Uh, throughout my upbringing, my, my parents ended up splitting and, you know, then there's more frugality that got brought in there. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, we really only covered one side of the coin something I talk a lot about in my blogs, you know, there's two sides kind of to the financial coin. So you've got saving and budgeting and how to control your money. And then you have kind of the investing and how to grow uh, your wealth, right? And so the growth and the investing was never talked about. Uh, my parents were not investors. I mean, to the point where maybe they had a little in a 401k or something and a, you know, stock advisor or something. But um, so my journey was, knowing that I wanted to get towards that one day. I could recognize that saving and budgeting is cool in a sense, but only so cool to where, you know, it's still really tough to retire and it's tough to, to do certain things in life. And I wanted to do those certain things in life. So um, about high school-ish, um, I was uh, a reader even back then on my own <laughs> and uh, kind of the unpopular thing to do. I actually wrote a book in high school. So I was very into like self-education and, and things like that. And so I read um, a book called Rich Dad Prophecy. So not Rich Dad, Poor Dad, as so many people attribute to kind of their gateway book into the world of investing in real estate. But Rich Dad Prophecy just basically said more or less, not to downplay the book, but it more or less just said, hey, we're gonna have a big stock market meltdown at some point. The book was written in about the year 2000, by the way. So I don't know if he was referring to the dot-com or 08 or who knows, right? Or, or just, just one day he'll be right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But, you know, it did, you know, with my naive mind and my lack of perspective, I just, I just bought into every word of that book. And it was like, wow, I better not be in stocks then. And so I sat in cash. I had some money saved up for college and ended up getting a scholarship for college. So I pocketed that money. Didn't buy the fancy cars, didn't go blow it, didn't go partying, didn't go vacationing. I uh, used it for a down payment on a house. So got into real estate in 2009, bought a single family home. It's actually a condo, it was a two bed, one bath next to a college campus. I knew, hey, I could house hack this. I could rent that spare bedroom out. Government's throwing out an $8,000 tax credit. I don't have to pay that back. That's pretty sweet. And I had enough for the down payment on a home that had fallen about 40% in value because of the recession. So that's where I got my start. I took a leap of faith. I put virtually everything I was worth into it and uh, to furnish it, rehab it, live in it and uh, house hack it. And so from there, uh, just got inspired in different ways. Kept reading, you know, different books, um, kept understanding how real estate works. It clicked with me. It made a lot of sense. And um, so I got into active real estate investing, you know, single family, um, uh, fix and flips, uh, buy and holds, vacation rentals, house hacks, buying houses for myself as an owner occupant that were distressed, fixing them up, selling them two years later. I did all kinds of stuff for about five, six years. And um, I was uh, working an oil field job, by the way, 
So, you know, out of state, overseas, Saudi Arabia, a lot of work, man. I was just, it was like truly the grind. It was like no dating, no vacations, no partying, no drinking. No, it was just like save all your money and just grind it out. And so that was kind of my story till I burned out. <laughs> it took about five or six years. And then I thought, you know, <clears throat> I love real estate, you know, wholeheartedly. I love cash flow. I love the tax benefits. I love it. But I don't love being in the business of real estate. I don't love managing tenants. I don't love taking all my free time, driving neighborhoods, trying to find a property. I, I don't love the closing process and the bidding process. Like, I just don't like the business of it. So that's where I discovered passive investing, right? Syndications, private placements, whether, it, I mean, even things like REITs, you know, or high yield stocks. So just this idea that I can throw money somewhere, get a return off of it and not have to tie any of my time up. And so that's what I've done from 2015 to 2020. And that's what I intend to do for the foreseeable future, hopefully decades. And uh, I just want to keep scaling the cash flow of the portfolio without sacrificing my, my time. So that's kind of my story in a nutshell and, and a bit about uh, my background. That's awesome, man. And there's a lot there, obviously. I mean, we could go all the way back to the beginning. You're talking about sort of where you came from with frugal parents and, you know, that, that model of the world, you know, only focusing on saving rather than, you know, what can we do to grow our wealth or grow our capital? And it, it is interesting. I mean, you know, they call the middle class for a reason. I mean, there's most people are in middle class, right? And most people have that sort of background and, you know, you have to kind of break free of that mindset to a certain degree and be willing to, you know, take risks and, you know, work for, you know, a greater future and also believe that a greater future is possible. And you don't just have to play defense. You can also go on offense. So I think there's a lot of value in that, but you know, one thing I'd love to know, just, you were talking about reading in high school and also writing a book in high school and how that was unpopular. And, and obviously unpopular is like the biggest thing that you're trying to fight against when you're in high school, right? It's like whatever I can do to fit into the crowd, let me do it. And then obviously the more enlightened quote unquote you get, it's like, what can I do to not conform? Like conformity is the last thing I want to do. So, yeah. I mean, was that always natural for you to be a non-conformist from that, that regard? Or, you know, were you just always naturally curious and you're willing to be a little bit different? I mean, like, talk to me a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. I think that <clears throat> books are what first opened up my mind to kind of a greater reality than being on the traditional conveyor belt going through school. I think it really didn't hit me personally till uh, high school. So whether that was probably sophomore year, you know, 10th. 10th grade, we'll call it, or 11th, I started just waking up to the idea that, hey, there's going to be something after this here. I'm going to have to start making some real life decisions real soon. Am I going to go to college, not go to college? What do I want to do for a career? I mean, these things were just boiling up as I was reading and learning about investing and real estate and nobody else was, you know, everyone's doing the reading that's required for school, but nothing outside of it. And that was kind of my study and focus. And I think what came natural, I've always wanted to help people by, you know, when I would learn something or something would help me and that was applicable to other people. I always wanted to be that person to say, oh my God, you got to try this. You got to read this book. You got to check this documentary out, you know, whatever that was. That's what prompted me to write the high school book. It was a goofy book I wrote. It was called, um, if I remember the title, right, it was called like how to get a 4.0 in high school with minimal effort. <laughs> and then the funny thing is, man, I never should have put that on the title because I went to the principal and I tried to get him to buy my books. 
<laughs> and he's like, he's all excited that I wrote a book and I could just see, you know, as they're reading the title, oh, with minimal effort, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so suffice it to say, I didn't sell any copies to the school, but um, I did give those books out because I ordered a self-publishing thing. I ordered, you know, 50 books and I just, I gave them out to teachers and, and stuff. But um, yeah, so I always kind of wanted to to be uh, you know, I guess a, a role model of, of sorts, you know, and that book had a lot to do with just systems. It had a lot to do with just like take notes, right. Or like create a calendar and stay organized. And like, it was just practical tips and takeaways, you know, for people that I saw they weren't doing that I was. And it, it felt like things came a lot easier when I would do those things. So, yeah, I love that. I mean, you're a marketer at, at heart <laughs> for sure, because with minimal effort, it's almost like, Tim Ferriss is the four hour work week when we all know that he doesn't, he doesn't really mean you work four hours a week and, you know, go lay in a hammock for the rest of the time. It's really more so about how can you be efficient and effective and leverage your time and leverage your resources, leverage your input and all these different things, which, you know, obviously it's a, it's a genius title. So it's interesting. I mean, you've always had this clever sort of mindset, this clever approach and, you know, was there a moment like, did you just draw a line in the sand and say, look, I'm going to be extraordinary. I'm going to be uncommon because you were striving, you know, by reading books and you're willing to accept new information. You're willing to take new action based on things that you've learned. I mean, have you always had a drive to be uncommon or was there a moment in time when you recognize, Hey, wait a minute, you know, maybe this frugal sort of background isn't always something that I, I want to accept. I mean, obviously then you just took massive action in real estate. You learned, Hey, wait a minute. I'm not a huge fan of the the nuts and the bolts here. You know, I mean, talk to me about that. I mean, where, where does that all come from? Yeah, I, um, <laughs> one of my biggest pain points and perspectives was post-college, I realized that I really didn't want to work in that industry that I went to school for. And that, that was such a setback because honestly, I, I knew internally I shouldn't have even gone to college. I was just mm -hmm. that person. I just felt like this was going to be the wrong thing for me. It, it pushed out that conveyor belt I spoke about that I didn't want to be on. I sought freedom and opportunity and being an entrepreneur and doing my own thing. But yet it was like, oh, at least two more years of this, maybe four, maybe six. And I just, I couldn't stomach it. So I did two, got an associates, pulled the plug, went straight into the industry and realized, wow, it's not at all what I thought this was going to be. <laughs> so I made a big pivot uh, post-college back to Colorado. I was up in New York City uh, doing an internship for an off-Broadway theater and um, doing lighting design and, and things like that. I wanted to tour. I wanted to do music. I was a drummer. I was a singer. I did a lot of stuff in music. So that's all I could really comprehend me doing for a career. When I came back to Colorado, harsh reality set in. Um, I really had no valuable skill sets for the market. And so, I mean, I was essentially back to being a high school student again, you know, as far as my resume was concerned, nobody cared. I had an associates that was unrelated to anything. And so uh, I, I did some, some crappy jobs and, you know, I was earning about 20,000 a year and I was working my butt off and that's all I really had opportunity to, or all that I could get, you know, at the time. And that was a huge pain point. And it wasn't until like, I, I started saying, okay, I have to make more money. I have to make that happen, right? That was like the thorn was this low income job that I despise. And it took me, get this, a year and a half 
um, of applying for jobs. I literally, and this is the great recession, just to put this in perspective, right? Nobody's hiring, everyone's firing, laying off. And I'm out here with no credentials trying to get a job. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applications and nobody even caring to give me an interview. I mean, it was rough, man, it was rough. So that's when I turned to this oil field job, high paying gig, no credentials needed. It's like, hey, if you're willing to <laughs> give up all your time and your life to us, we'll pay you well. And I was like, hey, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, so, but, but I knew, man, I have to be disciplined. I have to be diligent here with my money because this is more money than I've ever made in my life. And I know this is a boom and a bust industry. And one day I'm going to be sitting on my butt unemployed. I know that. So <laughs> while, while the money's good, I'm going to save it all. And more importantly, I'm going to park it all into real estate. And so that's really what gave me that, that start in the single family, which led to the, the multifamily path later. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety. Our team, including yours truly, leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. To learn more about future opportunities, visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. That's awesome. And let's let's talk about passive investing because, you know, I think a lot of people are starting to become more aware of the opportunity to be a passive investor in real estate. You know, the the I guess the conventional wisdom for folks who have learned that real estate is a great option to build wealth and to have a tax strategy and to protect your your capital, you know, they start with single family homes, right? They think of, well, I, I can buy a house. I understand that. I understand a house. I understand the income and expense and, you know, the spread there and what, what all that means. And then at some point you kind of graduate perhaps to the next level. Maybe this is the conventional method. So talk to me about, you know, I guess, number one, why should folks be interested in being a passive investor? It, you know, obviously what you mentioned earlier is leveraging your time, right? You're thinking about all of the things required to be successful in real estate. There's a lot of different steps, right? And you may not love every single step and you may not be an expert in every step. So talk to me about why should people, you know, be interested in investing passively? And then what are some pros and cons that you've also noticed as you've continued your trajectory there over the past five years? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and just for full transparency, obviously, I've done both. And I was kind of an extreme on both sides. I was 100% active and hands on till I burned out. Now I'm 100% passive. Uh, for transparency, most people aren't either of those. They're, they're, they're part time active, they're part time passive, you know, that kind of stuff. It's a combo. So yeah, we'll get to the pros and cons there in a moment. This is my thing with passive. I wrote this in a, in a blog recently. It's a true story, by the way. I think it was around 2009-ish. There's a, a nurse. Her name's Bronnie Ware, and you may be familiar with her. She wrote a book called The Top Regrets of the Dying. So Bronnie worked in a terminally ill uh, patient care unit, kind of like a hospice with people living out their final days in life. And she decided she was going to do a survey or a poll to find out what the top regrets were that people had. And not to ruin the whole story or the book, spoiler alert, but I will give you the top two 
which are I never pursued my dreams and aspirations and I never spent enough time with my friends and family. And that's something to think about because both of those require a freed mind and enough time to be able to do them. And thinking back to the days where I worked 100 hour work weeks, I couldn't have done either of those. One, that wasn't my dream or aspiration. And two, forget friends and family, what friends, you know? And, (laughs) you know, I mean, it was nothing but work, work, work constantly. And and I think too many people get caught up in that success cycle Mm. and uh, later have a lot of regrets because of it. There's another Mm -hmm. recent blog I wrote is how much is enough, you know, determining how much is enough for you, enough for retirement. So it's about something I call time freedom. And time freedom to me is just, if nothing else, it's, you know, the ability and flexibility over your time. What do you want to pursue? Maybe you work full-time and you'd rather work part-time. Maybe you'd like to make a pivot to a different career and try it out, but you're a little scared of maybe the pay cut that goes along with that, um, you know, or, or any other risks associated. So time freedom is, is created by passive income. It's created by income streams that come in without you having to work or exchange your time for them as you get enough passive income built up to pay your lifestyle expenses, then you have that type of flexibility. And that's what gave me a backstop from the oil field. When I, when I calculated these numbers for myself, I realized, A, I could quit this job without fear, you know, and that's really what I wanted to do. And so I made a pivot to doing work that I was passionate about, that I really wanted to learn from, that I wanted to engage in that wasn't the oil industry, you know? So that led to working at a brokerage house and learning stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, going through that licensing and all of that. And then that led back to real estate and working for syndication groups and learning that business from the inside out. And now kind of the education space, you know, that I'm in now and trying to help, um, you know, coach people, if you will, not on a paid service, but just, you know, to put out there these ideas and things that have helped me. And so, yeah, that's, and then I guess the second part of your question is pros and cons. So pros to single family or or I'm sorry, to active would be potentially making more money at it because you're paying yourself for your time, you know? So if you're going to get out there and flip a house, yeah, you're probably going to make more money than doing a passive investment, right? But it's also going to take three months, six months of your time, whatever it may be. So you have to weigh that out. There's only so much you can do actively, no matter what we're talking about before you're capped out (laughs) as a human, we all have the same amount of time each day. And um, so, yeah. So if you have no money and you're trying to build up equity and you're trying to start that way, that's how I started, right? The flips help tremendously in a great market at a great time, build up enough equity to then invest later passively into, into passive investments. It's a capital intensive <clears throat> uh, strategy being a passive investor. It can be um, if you want to be full time, I should say. So yeah, and, and so, but you know, the, the, the pros and cons to passive would be, you know, the pros are it's, it's a hands-off approach. It's scalable, whether I have one investment or a hundred, it, it's just not requiring any more of my time after I make the upfront decisions to invest. And um, the cons would be lack of control, I think. Um, I'm betting on other people, you know, I'm, I'm parking my money with other folks and saying, boy, I hope you have the competency to pull this off. <laughs> Uh, as you say in your business plan, right? Because I'm betting on you, the individual. And um, 
yeah, I think that's what a lot of people get backwards too. You're not necessarily betting on the deal per se. You're betting on the business plan, which is the operator that's going to make that happen. So something to think about. As Absolutely. An yeah. Well, and, and that's one of the reasons why I think we're so keen on talking about personal growth and investing in yourself and being a high performer, showing up is, is not only so that when others are going to bet on you, you know, you have the capacity to do that because at the end of the day, real estate is a people business, right? It's a, it is, how are you showing up as a leader? How are you executing? How are you, you know, dealing with the unknown, dealing with the, you know, the challenges that we all do? How are you solving problems, right? How are you executing? And, you know, so from that perspective, you know, obviously passive investors are looking at active syndicators or, you know, fund creators, to say, hey, I trust in you because I know that you're committed. I know I've seen how you show up on a consistent basis and you're not willing to rest on your laurels. But it's also important to really invest in yourself as a passive investor too, to be able to make those type of decisions, right? It's yes or no, it's a no-go or it's let's proceed forward. And to be able to understand, hey, does this business plan make sense? is what they're saying. Does it, does it have validity? You know, can I double check this myself? Can I do my own due diligence? So let, talk to me a little bit about due diligence as a passive investor, when you're making decisions on who to partner with, who to work with, or who to invest your capital with, you know, what, what sort of process do you go through to vet not only a sponsor, but also an opportunity? Yeah, exactly. And, and I wish, you know, this is, it's, this is not a new niche or sector. However, it has significantly become more popular in the last five or 10 years. And so what I see now more than ever is a need for a simple solution vetting service or platform, you know, like imagine a, a Yelp you know, for restaurant reviews, but for syndicators, <laughs> you know, where you wow, can that'd be log awesome. in and then boom, there's a thousand reviews and the pros and the cons and the whole thing. And man, that needs to be created. And um, I don't, I'm not the best fit to create it, but uh, hopefully somebody does. And I fully will support you or, or work with you if someone <laughs> out there will do that. But, you just planted um, a seed there, man. That's a big idea. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and I get asked this a lot, you know, like, how do I find these groups and operators? I, there's a lot of answers. It depends on you, the individual. So how did I do it? Um, started with listening to podcasts, joining bigger pockets and online forums like it and trying to network online. Now that was good to a point. And then I got to realize that you know, there's more out there than just that. So I started joining local real estate meetups. I started attending, you know, national conferences about multifamily and things where you have a lot of sponsorships and you can go meet face to face with actual sponsors and ask them questions. And most importantly, uh, learn from other passives. There's a lot of passives out there and that's kind of an illusion. I get, I, I didn't know that, you know, I thought I was one of the only ones out there. And uh, so it's great to network. This is why I'm so big on networking and leveraging other people and attending conferences and all this is it's a, it's a win-win. I get to ask other people, who are you investing with, you know, and what's your experience been with them, good or bad. And, you know, and we get to swap notes, so to speak. And you quickly realize there's some great, key players out there and some widely known, you know, brands. And uh, so that's kind of how I did it. And so I recognized, obviously, that not everyone has the ability to go hop on flights and get hotels and go nationwide conference to conference all year long. But that's what I was doing before COVID. And that's created a, um, a really cool perspective uh, that I can share with others. 
The other thing I'll say is finding people that are, well, like myself, it doesn't have to be me, but people out there that are actually doing this, you know, someone who is a passive investor, I don't know, I've done 30 something deals. I'm not a guru or an expert here, but you know, I've done enough to kind of know, I've, you know, I've, I've invested with a lot of different operators out there, you know? So, you know, leveraging people like that. So I open myself up, my time up to people on complimentary, you know, 15 minute Q&A calls uh, all week long, literally from 18 year olds who just heard about real estate to 70 year olds that want to know what syndication means and everybody in between. And so I like to, again, try to help and give back and uh, be a resource, if nothing else, to point people in the direction of, you know, you might check out this book, you might check out this, this seminar, you might, you know, check out this group, you know, whoever. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, long winded answer, but, but that's kind of uh, the start of it. <laughs> I love, come on, I love long winded answers. That's what a podcast is all about. So thank you for that. <laughs> There's nothing worse than you ask a question and it's like four words later. And it's like, Oh, wait a minute. What? Uh, come on, let's expand upon this a bit here. So thank you for that. I love that. No. Um, you know, one thing that strikes me about you is that you're somebody who is very thoughtful, not only in giving information to other people and sharing and, and having the abundance mindset that when you give more, everyone wins, including yourself and being open to receiving that. But, you know, how else have you really kind of been focused on your own self education, your own learning, your own growth? You know, you've talked a lot about books, you've talked a lot about surrounding yourself with the right people going to conferences, you know, listening to other podcasts, listening to other people surrounding yourself with great people. But what else do you do to really invest in your own self education? Yeah, uh, I think naturally, <clears throat> I just want to educate some of my best days, you know, my happiest days, my most fulfilled days, it, no matter if we're talking a weekday, a weekend, a vacation is like when I've learned two or three things, like two or three genuinely valuable things. Those are the best days or I create, you know, something that way. So I have a natural, you know, need for that. My worst days on the flip side are when I just say, oh, I got nothing going on this Saturday, not one thing on the agenda. <laughs> I'm almost depressed, you know, it's like, it's horrible. And I, I recognize some people would want that to, to unwind and, and relax. So um, the, the other thing, so I'm very, I, I launched a show with Theo Hicks called the Actively Passive Show. And it's the irony of being a passive investor, yet you still have to be active in different ways. And I'm maybe overly active in a lot of ways, giving back time and joining groups and doing podcasts and all this kind of stuff. But um, the, the point being that, um, so I'm in a lot of real estate groups. We'll just take it first from this perspective. So uh, that's something I really love doing is in-person networking, being a speaker, a panelist, you know, answering people's questions that way. And on the flip side, this is how I've met mentors. And mentors have been beyond books and beyond podcasts and beyond everything else. What's worked best for me is to face-to-face -face network with a person that's five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years beyond where you are and where you want to go. Now, you, you can't know that until you do a little self-education and self-reflection to understand who are you and what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses, what are your goals, where are you headed? And so I think it started with probably a couple books. <clears throat> um, Managing Oneself is one that comes to mind by Peter Drucker. It's a short book, but uh, Tony Robbins books, you know, things like that. Awaken the Giant Within. And it just 
you know, provokes goal setting and, you know, uncovering who you are, you know, at your depths and then, you know, just writing some of that stuff down and then going out and seeking people doing that stuff, you know, so, so mentors are probably above all, I think that trumps all uh, self-education that I've done. All right. So let's go back to the actively passive investing, right? Being an active passive, like talk to me about the irony of that and let's, let's dive into there. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's just not a lot of education out there in my opinion on, on passive investing. I mean, there, there are, there is, and there's not, but there's far more education out there on the active side of it. Here's Mm -hmm. how to syndicate your own deal. Here's how to fix and flip a home, you know, but think about TVs and shows and movies. What do you always see? It's always the active side of real estate. So we created the show as a branch off of, um, you know, the best ever, real estate investing uh, advice podcast, kind of a, like, a, like a sister of that. And uh, it's just me and Theo once a week, just talking through um, the realities and the ins and outs of being a passive investor. And that's another way just for me to reach people and help uh, you know, share what I'm sharing now with you. I do blogs, I do that show, and then I do these weekly phone calls, and then I'm investor relations at Ashcroft Capital. So you, you combine all that together, and I have a massive um, want, you know, to to reach people, you know, and to help spread that message. So that's that's it's a fairly new show. We're like on episode four or something. So we'll see. We just do it for fun, but um, that's kind of the basis behind it. Is that being a passive investor is passive once you make your investment. However, making that investment takes a little time and effort up front. You have to do your due diligence. You have to find the sponsors. You have to ask your questions. You have to sign paperwork and read through PPMs and operating agreements, subscription agreements. Sometimes I travel out and I visit the properties before I invest in them. There is an active component. Now, it's, it's somewhat optional on how active you wish to be. Uh, I know a lot of you know, doctors and dentists, lawyers, attorneys that choose to be as little active as possible, rightfully so. And so they're more interested in just finding a team with track record reputation, just saying, here's, you know, 50K, thanks a lot, you know, put me in whatever deal you got going on and uh, not advocating that approach. But some people want to be a little more passive like that. And it's very similar to investing, you know, in stocks or something, buying into like an index fund, you uh, do a little homework research and figure out where we are in the cycle and you make a decision and then boom, you just set and write it out. Um, yeah. But more with a, a cash flow emphasis, not really an equity emphasis. So. Well, I think it's just an important distinction because at the end of the day, we're all responsible for our own capital. We're all responsible for yeah. our own future, which is what it's all about. You know, it's about creating the future that you want. It's about setting the goals. It's about creating clarity on what sort of lifestyle do you want to create and what is it going to take to get you there? You know, through this vehicle, are you going to be active? Are you going to be passive? If you're going to be passive, you still need to take an active role because at the end of the day, what are you going to do? You're just going to, you know, invest in something and just close your eyes and hope it all works out. Well, guess what? Hope is not a strategy. So what can you do to educate yourself so that you make effective decisions? At the end of the day, real estate, whether you're active or passive is all about decision-making. It's all about handling opportunities and, you know, solving problems and all these things. So talk to me about mistakes that you've made over your, you know, your five years, five plus years of being a passive investor. And, and what would you tell yourself, you know, when you were getting started, what you know now, like, what would you tell your younger self based on the mistakes or based on the opportunities that you've seen? Yeah, 
I would say that, uh, so there's a balance here between educating yourself and taking action, right? And you don't want to go overboard on either of those. So uh, in 2015, a mistake I made, which may not seem like a mistake, but it was, was I set a goal to read 52 books that year. So a book a week. And I thought, man, how smart will I be at the end of the year if I do that? Well, you, you can't absorb all that information. You know, it's like a fire hose got blasted in my face and I'm like sitting there in a whirlwind at the end of the year. Like, what just happened? And so, you know, I wish I would have read maybe five books that year and then taken action as I was doing it. So it was too hardcore, too extreme. Uh, the other side is, I see some people and some investors who maybe they have a liquidity event or some inheritance or, you know, they sell their business and now it's, Hey, I'm sitting on a couple million bucks or whatever it is. I want to go put that to work right now. Like right now today, what's the syndication all about? Oh, really? What are some groups? Here's hundred K hundred K, you know, and don't rush into it like that. Don't do that. So balance a little education, practice a little patience <laughs> and, and, and go slower. You'll ultimately be better off that way to the point of that was one of my first mistakes is I partnered with a few local groups uh, to me and my local market that were doing syndications that were not key players that really didn't have the experience that certainly didn't have the track record. And, but I like them as people. So I thought, well, maybe that's the key, you know, just working with people that you like or whatever. But fact is we bought a good deal, good price, good market, good timing, but bad operator. And so thankfully we had those, those positive things in place because we ended up being profitable. But what was supposed to be a five to seven year hold ended up as 18 months because they ran into every problem that could really come up and they didn't know how to handle it. And it was easier just to exit the deal than to deal with it. And so very disappointing taught me a lot about how important the team is and the sponsorship, uh, you know, the, the general partners, as we spoke about earlier, who are you really betting on? It's people in the team. So I had it backwards. This is how I used to look at syndications. I would say, let me look at the deal and see how good your deal is. Let me see what market it's in. And then last, I'll ask you a couple questions and call it a day. Well, that was a mistake. So it's flip-flop now and it's all about the team and it's all about the questions and it's all about the due diligence of the team. Then it's the market and last is the deal. And so many people get that backwards. And I see it all the time as, as an invest, investor relations capacity. So many folks getting caught up in the analysis paralysis of, you know, why is it 6.4 and not 6.1? Because when I crunch mine and it's like, man, <laughs> these are all projections, number one. And, you know, nobody knows that's the truth, you know. And uh, number two, I mean, is this even the type of deal that you want to be in? <laughs> you know, does mm. it? Does it even make sense to you? You know, you know, so it's identifying yourself as we talked about earlier, your criteria, your goals. I mean, what makes sense to you? The second biggest mistake I've made was investing in something that didn't make a ton of sense to me. It made enough sense for me to pull the trigger and put some money in it, far too much money in it. But uh, I didn't understand all the ins and outs. It was a complicated structured fund it was a distressed debt fund. So they're doing collections and buying distressed debt from banks. And then it goes through this firm and that firm. And this guy does this and this woman does that. And blah, blah. well, you know, one of, the, one of the people down that stream of chaos ends up being, you know, a Ponzi scheme. And so we end up losing like 35% of that fund, you know, mm. just overnight. And it was just a slap in the face to remember 
you know, this is why I invest 80% in things that I know and understand, thankfully, and 20% in experimental stuff like that. So thank goodness I had that allocation. But yeah, that was a rough lesson just to go back to the basics, right? We all need a place to live, affordable housing's nice, you know, value add components, things that you can touch and feel and see, not 25 people in the in the process of trying to make you money, but maybe two or three max, you know, and uh, things like that. So yeah, this yeah. is a very insightful conversation. Thank you for all that. And one thing I'd love to know, I think the best investors, or the most successful investors are obviously, you know, they're long term driven, right? They're thinking about yeah. the long term, they're thinking about how to all their decisions compile and compound on one another to create a bigger future. But the other thing that I see is that they can manage their emotions better than the average human being, right? And they, they focus on that. So, you know, how do you, how do you manage your own emotions in times of stress or pressure or, you know, in, in, in what you just described as a huge mistake, you know, and, and a loss of capital, right? You know, it's certainly possible. So how do you manage your emotions? Yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, again, self-reflection, I realized early on that I can't stomach the stock market with a lot of capital invested because of the ebbs and flows. We're up 10%, we're down seven the next day. I just can't deal with it. And it makes me paranoid and I just, I have to check my phone or whatever, you know, every five minutes, how's the market doing? What's going on? <laughs> Reading headlines, waste of time, number one, and you know, makes me crazy. So yes, I have some in the stock market. No, it's not a lot. And it's in that 20% category nonetheless. So, um, so how I manage it is by, I found an asset that's boring, but effective. <laughs> it's so slow, you know, that it's just like, I like monthly distributions, uh, but most are quarterly distributions through these uh, various groups. And I mean, it's just boring. I mean, you just get an emailed update, things are going great. Okay. <laughs> Your distribution's on, on its way. You know, you don't know what the value is of anything and whether or not it's going up and down day to day. There's nowhere to check. There's no way to know. And I like that you know, cause it makes me be more hands off and just say, whatever, I'll worry about that in three or five years. We'll check it out then. And it's out of my control. So finding peace with that has been very helpful uh, in terms of investing. That's how I manage my emotions. I love that. It's just knowing yourself and knowing that you're going to be, you're going to feel erratic when you know that you can check the value up and down and all these different things. And so building the system and recognizing that real estate is going to cause you to commit to a long-term process and you're not going to see the ups and the downs. And, you know, I love that. That's one of the things that we all love about real estate. You know, it's like a pro and a con, right? The illiquidity to a certain degree uh, can be, you know, it can certainly be a pro from the capacity that you just described. And it can also be perhaps a con if you wanted to exit, but, you know, just knowing human behavior, right? We all, we make decisions and then we go back on our decisions. So what can you do to build systems in your life, in your financial life as well that can, you know, really cause you to commit. So thank you for that. And it, it, it comes down to knowing yourself. And it, it seems like that's one of the things that you're very cognizant of is your own self-awareness. So, I mean, obviously I would think that your answer to this next question would be what you have described throughout this conversation, which is self-awareness, but why has personal growth been so important for you and the success that you've been able to experience in your life so far? I think, yeah, let me think of a good way to answer that. I think that um, it, 
your ideas and your mind are the most important aspect to this. That comes from, uh, my wife and I are watching a show right now. You may have heard of it. It's called The Undercover Billionaire. Uh, it's an awesome show and it, it's basically self-made billionaire that makes a million dollar bet that he's going to be dropped off in a town he doesn't know about with a hundred bucks in his pocket and he's going to start a million dollar business in 90 days. And if he doesn't, he has to put a million bucks into the business, you know, to make it work. But it's a cool reality check as you watch him build teams and network with people. And of course he's using a fake name and all this stuff. It's, it's really brutal, you know, from sleeping in a car to like flipping tires on Craigslist, you know, all the way up wow. to, you know, flipping a, a cars and flipping a house to put into a business. It's cool to watch that progression. Cause I saw myself go through a lot of similar things, but in a lot slower pace, you know? So um, I think to, to answer your question, a couple of things. One is, Self-education just cuts the learning curve. So I'm so into knowledge hacking, you know, and knowledge hacking, just to give a definition, I guess, would be like a book is a knowledge hack. So you're taking a person who's maybe got 20 years experience doing something and they've condensed that down into a 200 page book for you to read for 10 or 20 bucks. That's a tremendous value because it saves you so much time. You don't have to go through 20 years to learn the same things. Now, Additionally, on top of that, I'm into like knowledge hacking and knowledge hack, which is like I started doing book reviews. I just launched that. And so for people who don't even have a month to read a book like that, I'll break it down in 10 minutes. You know, here's the key takeaways and what I learned and what you're going to get out of it and how it's written and the good, the bad, the ugly. And um, so that that's what I try to be for other people. And I think that's the biggest benefit of self-education is just cutting the learning curve and getting there faster. And if somebody, I haven't finished that show, by the way, and transparency, I don't know how it turns out, but I, I'm predicting because it's a TV show that he pulls it off. Uh, but just to think you could start a million dollar business in 90 days. What makes the difference between all these small timers than this local town and this billionaire that's kind of been there, done that is just simply his mindset. It's just simply his ideas. It's like, surrounding himself with smarter people than himself and figuring out who can pull off what connections and, oh, you're a people person, you do this, you're a marketer, get us exposure here. He can't do it all. He doesn't know anybody, he doesn't know this town, but it's cool to watch it progress that way. And that's just because he's got the insight and the education. And so that, that's the benefit. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a brief time out from this show, this incredibly mind expanding discussion to speak to the high achievers the high performers. I wanted to speak to those who have a burning desire to go to the next level and beyond. First of all, I hear you and I see you. When I got started as a real estate entrepreneur, fresh out of my W2 corporate job, I was excited and jubilant to create and design my future. At the same time, my business and life was filled with confusion, filled with fear, doubt, uncertainty, and to be honest with you, sometimes even sleepless nights and hopelessness even while experiencing what many would have considered substantial success. Ultimately, I mustered up the courage to hire one of the world's top high-performance business coaches to work directly with me on creating strategies, systems, and profound shifts towards accelerating my multifaceted performance and to become an industry leader. After years of investing significant resources into myself and in my business through this process, I am now paying it forward as a high-performance coach to those who feel called to elevate to the extraordinary. Wherever you are right now, you know deep down that you have it within you to be great. 
if you're someone who's seriously looking to elevate your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal flow, your network, your net worth, your lifestyle, and ultimately your life right now and ongoing for the rest of your life, I have a message for you. Because if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I have limited coaching spots available to guide people like you who want to substantially close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. These are first come, first serve, and demand high touch, one to one focus from me directly to you. And this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive, committed, and willing to do whatever it takes. It's only for those willing to play full out and invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to achieve greatness in real estate investing and beyond, which is what we're all about on this podcast. This is for those defiantly inspired for transforming as an empowered, limitless, and unstoppable human being in full control of their and their business's future. If that is you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com where you can apply for this life-changing opportunity. We will then schedule a discovery session where we will directly discuss what's working, not working, and how we can work together to accelerate your future. With that said, enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's it's so interesting because it's not about the money. It's not about the things that you have from a financial perspective. It's about your mind, right? It's about how do you use your mind? How do you surround yourself with other people who can also leverage their mind, who can also share ideas, who can be creative, who can be resourceful? I mean, can you can you imagine, you know, having $100 and saying, all right, in 90 days, we're going to create a million dollars worth of value. The fact is that is absolutely available to all of us, right? That's the that's the illustration there. And so, man, I haven't heard of that show, but I'll definitely have to check it out. Uh, that's that's amazing. But it's also just a great seed to plant in everyone's mind here today is that, look, you may not have every single piece of resources that you think you need, but guess what? You don't need them. It's all right here in your mind. And so how exciting is that? It's all about how can you cultivate the appropriate mindset? And one thing I heard recently was, you know what, if someone else has done it, guess what? It's possible. So just recognize that. And, you know, you've been telling yourself that you can't do something. Well, guess what? Someone else has. And so what does that mean? Well, guess what? It's possible. And maybe even further to that, it's if you think about like somebody like Elon Musk, a lot of the things that he has done, you know, there's been no reference point for. So recognize that. I mean, what is there? What are you inspired to do that may not have been done before? And what can you do to open your mind to those possibilities? So I just think that's so inspiring. And Travis, man, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation today. Really have enjoyed it. I want to transition into our rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. It's all about being uncommon. It's about striving for more. It's about allowing your mind to do the heavy lifting, allowing your subconscious mind to create a new future, a new, you know, new set of circumstances that you can imagine. So let's start with, you know, we've been talking about self-education this, this entire time. We've talked about books a lot. I'd love to point to, if you were to point to two or three of the most impactful books that you've read, what would those be and why? Yeah. Starting with mindset goals and motivation would be Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. You know, often with a, with a musician or an author, it's sometimes their first material that comes out that's most impactful. And I just feel like that book, though it was written in like the late 80s, early 90s, whatever, is so timeless because it's about psychology. That doesn't change, you know, not fast anyway. And so it's, it's not one of those books where we're talking about inflation and, you know, where to put your money today in 2020 and then 20 years later, it makes no sense. So that's a great one there. Um, practical takeaway financial type stuff was uh, uh, tax-free wealth Tom Wheelwright 
That one saved me tens of thousands of dollars in taxes, made me think differently about the tax code and the whole system and how that, that stuff works. Um, this book here, The Hands-Off Investor, I just did a book review on and released that today. That's Brian Burke. And so that has a lot to do with being a, a passive investor like we're speaking about. So, you know, that's what I am. I'm a hands-off passive, you know, investor in multifamily. So that's a great book too for uh, kind of a, a modern reference of, of some to check out. I love that. And I love just the diversity of recommendations there. So thank you for that. And I can definitely attest to the first two. I mean, absolutely awaken the giant within it may be thick, but let me tell you that is a super impactful book. And if you've ever been to unleash the power within the actual conference, it's, it's almost the manual for the conference. And so if you can live both of those experiences and really plant that into your own mind, it's amazing. The breakthroughs that you can experience. So super powerful shout, shout out to Tony Robbins, by the way, uh, we're working on getting Tony on the show. So we'll, we'll get him here, here soon, but also Tom, we all write tax-free wealth. I mean, you need to know, I mean, at the end of the day, taxes are our biggest expense, you know, it, and so what can we do to be strategic in lowering that and perhaps changing that narrative in your own financial life? And so I'll have to check out the hands-off investor. We'll put links in the show notes here to all the books there. So thank you for that. And Travis, tell me what's the biggest way outside of what we've already talked about today. So I'm going to push you a little bit on this one. What's the yeah. biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis? Oh, man. I know. And I can't use the self-education thing. Man, you're <laughs> I know. That's right. That was tough. I, know, I feel bad about it, but yeah, yeah, I got to push you here. Yeah. Um, biggest way that I elevate my life on a daily basis. Uh, I, I've learned me personally, if I put too much focused time into one thing, I burn out fast and I need a lot of time off <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just get into a blog and I'll put like seven hours in and then like I'm spent for two days. Like I just can't recover from that. So I think what I, what I try to do is I implement meditation. I can't, I'm not good at naps. I can't physically fall asleep for some reason in the middle of the day, but I will completely just meditate or, or rest, you know, in intervals throughout the day. And, and again, I know that may not be applicable to everybody, but it sure helps get that drive back like an hour later. And then I'm like, I'm timeless at that point. If I just take a little rest, you know, get a little food in my system, man, I could just do that for 24 <laughs> seven. So I, I think that's been extremely helpful in staying effective and uh, productive, I should say. Yeah. And it's in life and business, it's all a series of sprints, right? What can you do to sprint, yep. take a little bit of a rest, you know, downshift the, the, the mental gears and be ready to rev up, you know, the engine here again. So thank you for that. That's, that's a great takeaway. And again, I know I pushed you because I know where you're going with self-education and, and you're like me, it's like, you can never stop learning, right? Let's learn something new. Let's create a new future through learning. So I just admire your, your, your affinity for that concept as well. So thank you for that. But Travis, what's the biggest way that you elevate other people around you? I'd say right now it's doing these phone calls. I, I launched this back in March and it's just, a, it's simple. It's a Calendly link. I put it on my LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and you put it in your show notes and you just click it, pick a time that works for you. Let's chat for 15 minutes. Uh, the only thing I ask is that you don't sell me something <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not selling anything in return. This is literally networking. This is like, who are you? Where are you at? What are your goals? What's going on? And seeing if I can be a resource, whether 
whether someone's flipping a home, whether someone wants to learn passive investing, it doesn't matter as long as we're talking, you know, business, real estate, you know, stuff like that. So uh, I give back my time, you know, Joe uh, Fairless, we were in a, a, a meeting with Joe not too long ago, and he's talking about this concept of, you know, you have to have enough of something to be able to adequately give that back to others. You know, money would be a simple example. If you can't even pay your own bills, you really don't have enough to be giving back uh, in a meaningful, impactful way, I should say, not meaningful, but impactful. Uh, for me, it's time. So I freed up so much of my time with passive income that I thought, all I got is time now. <laughs> what do I want to do? And so I give back my time to others to answer your question. That's what I do. That's awesome, man. You're a great person. And Travis, what an awesome conversation. Is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd share with Elevate Nation today? Uh, I'm usually asked about quotes and I just got, you probably can't see it. I got this bracelet here and it says, uh, learn more, no less. And it's been this, uh, that's a Neil Strauss quote, by the way. Um, but uh, it's, it's been this journey of kind of letting go of the ego and being open-minded to listening to what other people have to say and, you know, trying not to have a bias towards something, you know, and, and so that's kind of the journey I'm on right now. So just, I guess, let that sink in, learn more, no less. That's super powerful. And I know that every time I learn something new, I feel like I know less. And I think that that is a good thing. That is a great thing yeah. because ignorance is not bliss. It is absolutely not bliss. It may feel that way, but you know, it's only going to get worse if you don't face, you know, the reality of the fact that there's so much more to learn and the fact that, look, there's so much more excitement out there for you if you're willing to be humble and recognize that if you learn more, there's going to probably be a recognition that you know less than you thought you did before. And so I love that. And man, there's probably so many different dynamic angles that we could really dissect that. So thank you for dropping those, those words of wisdom on us. And Travis, my goodness, I know we're going to put links in the show notes of where we can find you, but tell the listeners a little bit about where they can find you and really engage with you further. Sure. Yeah, I'm on a lot of platforms now since COVID. So uh, Instagram and Facebook are um, at uh, Passive Investor Tips. And then I'm on Bigger Pockets and, and, and LinkedIn and YouTube and everywhere. Uh, the best place to set up that phone call, I know you'll probably put it in the show notes, but you can also go to ashcroftcapital.com forward slash connect with Travis. And I've got some additional resources on there too that are completely free takeaways. Uh, one's a uh, understanding real estate private placements guide. It's a downloadable PDF, 20 pages, industry terminology, definitions, how to vet deals, sponsors, markets. It's got a lot of cool stuff in there. Uh, completely free. So take me up on those offers, please. Let's connect and uh, got nothing to sell you, but everything to gain from it. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that. And I definitely encourage Elevate Nation to reach out to Travis because he's really fun to have a conversation with. You're going to learn something. Maybe Travis will learn something too. So maybe there's a benefit from both sides, but I guarantee you will enjoy spending time with him. So you'll definitely want to reach out to Travis, spend time with him. Here, at the end of the day, it's about the people who are willing to do whatever it takes. So are you willing to reach out to Travis? Are you willing to learn more about what he's giving, the education opportunities that he's providing? So I encourage you to re-listen to the show as well because there's so much value here. There's so much wisdom. There's so much insight 
to apply to your life, to your business and to your future. At the end of the day, it's about repetition because repetition is the mother of all skill. And it's also about paying it forward. What can you do to share this episode with someone else? You know, who do you care about that needs to gain more time freedom or gain more wisdom or insights on how they can take control of their own financial future of their own future? At the end of the day, financial future and your future are simultaneously aligned. So what can you do to share this and really teach this to someone else? If you distill your top three key distinctions and you share those with someone else and you really teach that, you know, the teacher sometimes is who learns the most. And you can also give and also giving at the same time you're receiving. And so there's just so much value in all of this. So at the end of the day, it's about all of those things. But most importantly, it's about taking massive action. So apply immediately and go out there and make it happen. Elevate your life, elevate other people around you. And with all that said, Travis, thank you so much for being on the show today. You bet. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. My pleasure. Elevate Nation, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.